Well, shit, it's been a while, everyone, but the Angry Jim podcast returns on this lovely Palm Sunday. I have a special guest for you all today. Please welcome Columbus Blue Jacket supporter and writer for FireTheCannon.com, Jason Newland. Jason, how the hell are you, man? Good, good, Jim. How's it going? Uh, I'm pretty good. You got to be pretty stoked, huh? It's, it's, this, this is nuts. Uh, the, the entire city is buzzing. Um, you know, this is a, we're three years in a row we've made playoffs. Obviously, I haven't made a first round, but uh, this year we weren't feeling too confident playing uh, uh, playing Tampa Bay. But man, they're, they're, they 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 turned it on at the right time. So um, they sure man, did. We're, we're buzzing. We're ready. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'll say so. So as as Flyers fans, you know, we we had a tough year. We kind of you know we, we fired the coach, fired the GM about halfway through the year, and then we made a little push towards the end. Uh, as Flyers supporters, we were kind of like. Uh, like some of us wanted them to make the playoffs, and then the other half was like, well, if we make the playoffs, we're going to face Tampa Bay and just get slaughtered. So and then there were some of us that were like, oh, well, Columbus traded for all these guys. If they don't make the playoffs, it'd be something. It'd be kind of funny. But if they do make the playoffs, they got to play Tampa Bay, and they're going to get smashed. Now it's like they're up 2 nothing, and everyone's like, you know what? Beat Tampa Bay. We want to see Tampa Bay lose now. Um Talk about the first two games a little bit, man. I mean, the Jackets are up 2-0 with two road victories over one of the best regular season teams in NHL history. Uh, they finished the year 62-16-4 for, with 128 points. They scored 325 goals in the regular season, 36 more than the next closest team, and you guys found a way to beat them twice on the road. I think at one point you guys had seven unanswered goals uh, he pulled out that first game. You were down three nothing. Came back to win four to three. Talk about game one. Oh man, <clears throat> going into that game, I, I don't know if you know. Every, all everybody kept talking about was, "Oh great, we get the privilege of playing Tampa. We get the privilege of playing Tampa." And uh, and I kept saying to everybody, "Look, Tampa cruised through this season." And I I'm, I'm, I swear I do. I must have tweeted this a hundred times. Tampa cruised through this season, no adversity at all, no no worries. They had they had President's Trophy wrapped up in what December, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they, I mean they were just cruising along, and I said, you know, I'm not, I wasn't confident, obviously, that we were we had to go up against uh, Tampa, but at the same time, I kept telling people that they haven't faced any adversity. What's going to happen when they face them? Who knows? You know, um, that first game, that first period, we were down three nothing, and you know, me and my girlfriend we were at our local uh, blue jacket bar and and there must have been a thousand people crammed into this little bar and it got silent so yeah everything got quiet after we got down three nothing and uh everybody just kept just kept going and and uh bob got hot in that second period and started locking them down and he kept the team in the game long enough for our guys to start scoring and and next thing you know they start clicking off goal at a time uh you know shorthanded goal power play goal you name it they did it all they just did it all facets so they uh Man, the city erupted when they when Seth Jones scored that uh, that game winner. It was it was wild. That was a hell of a comeback. I mean, so I mean, for for me personally, when I saw three nothing, I'm like, oh, here we go. I could have predicted this, right? And then you know, three to one, three to two, and you're like, ah, eh, three to two, like. And then who scored the tying goal? Was it Savard? Uh no, that was uh, Josh Anderson's shorthand goal, I believe. Is, uh, what, is what tied it. Yeah. Josh Anderson is a player, man. He's fun to watch, at least for me. He is, he's amazing. You watch him in person and that guy is, he's so big, but he is unbelievably fast and he, he will just, he'll just 
skate up to a guy and just grab him and throw him to the ice. You know, he, I mean, he's just a man child. He's wild. He's wild, wild. <laughs> he really is fun. I mean, when you, I, I think I somehow I ended up seeing the Blue Jackets twice this year, both both games in Philly, and you know, Josh Anderson's a big dude, and and he's always talking. I noticed out there, and. You know, I, I can appreciate players like that, especially, you know, being a fan of the Flyers. We've had a lot of those guys over the years. But, you know, for us, we have a guy like Travis Travis Konechny, and, yeah, he shoots his mouth off, but nobody's really afraid of Travis Konechny, you know what I mean? He's not going to get into the dirty spots like Josh Anderson will. Um, let me see, who else? Uh, so you said Seth Jones scored the, the fourth goal, right? He's had a hell of a year. Yeah, I mean, he was hurt the first uh, what, seven, eight games of the season, too. Um, and I think he almost matched his points from last year. So that's, um, you know, he, he just, man, he's so good. He, Seth Jones is so, so good. You guys um, got him in that Ryan Johansson deal? Oh, uh, yeah, straight he, up. I yeah. think he won that yeah. one. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, Johansson's been playing well. I mean, he's not. Uh, nah, he's no slouch. He, he's just, he just couldn't get along. He was never going to get along with Tortorella when he got here. So Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Tortorella in a little bit because I'd like to ask you some questions about him. He's personally one of my favorite coaches in the NHL. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk about game two a little bit where you guys absolutely dominated the Lightning from start to finish. Yeah, game two, um, I, I, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people every day about, uh, about the team and I kept saying expect something from Tampa that you've never seen before. And I said, the first 10 minutes, they're going to want to put their foot on our throats and, and just end it quick. And the first 10 minutes went by and we, the Jackets scored a goal and they didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, okay. So, you know, again, we're, we're crammed in that same little bar, you know, we, we always go to for away games and, um, and that place was just nuts. And then when they, they just kept scoring and scoring and scoring and I'm, I, my hands were on my head at this point. I had to like the fourth goal. I didn't even cheer. I was when Riley Nash finally scored a goal. I didn't even cheer. I just stood there with my hands on my head, like, "What is happening?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I just kept waiting for that that Tampa surge, and it never came. And and uh, I, I, you know, I, I know I know a guy that is a Tampa Bay fan, and uh, he's from there, and uh, he lives here, and he's like, "I don't think we're gonna do this." He was like, "You should have seen their faces on the local on the on the local." Uh, you know their local TV uh-huh. uh, affiliate for the team. And he was like, "I've never seen anybody so dejected in my life." So we'll see. <laughs> it was it was wild. It was a wild wild game. I, I just kept waiting for them to come back, and they just never did. Even even the goal they scored was kind of, you know, Bob didn't even see it. So yeah, uh, you know, it's wild. I mean, it's crazy. with the team, they have so much talent on that team, and. Uh... I don't know. I mean, I, I thought they had some heart and soul guys. Ryan McDonough comes to mind for me. Um, but maybe he's he's it. I mean, I can't think of anybody else really that can get this team revved up for, you know, an actual playoff series. And then I'm thinking about Columbus, and it starts with the coach, right? It starts with Tortorella. And you look down the lineup. They have guys like Dubinsky. Um, you have guys like Josh Anderson that we touched on. Uh Give me, give me some more heart and soul guys that you guys have. Well, um, the the at one point, you know, okay, so the captain, obviously, he's ah, he's, there you go. he's the he's the uh, the motor, yeah. Uh, you know, captain. Uh, you got Josh, you got Dubinsky, even Riley Nash. I mean, he, even though he's been quiet, uh, he I mean, he's really the best 
uh, defensive offensive mm-hmm. offense. Yeah, there you go. Defensive uh, offensive guy we had. I mean, he'll get out there and smash people. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just from. I mean, the first line's kind of when you have Panarin and Cam on the wings, but then when you have Pierre Luc Dubois, who is just unreal, um, he's actually got grit to him too. I saw a little bit so, of that. I mean, every center we have, um, it, uh, minus Wenberg, who isn't playing, <laughs> um, it just they're not afraid to just to just mix it up. And, and I mean, we every line has um, grit now, and uh, it's something that they struggled to find midway through the season, where they were win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and somehow they never fell out of the playoff picture. Hey. So, I mean, Metro is a meat grinder. And... And I think that's a really good point because against a team like Tampa who has all this skill, you know, you have guys working hard, a guy, you have a team like Columbus that they look like they've finally come together at the right time. If they take down a team like Tampa, they got to feel like nothing can stop them. So that whoever, let's just say Columbus, I'm not going to drink nothing for you. Let's say they do advance. They got to feel invincible, you know, like they, they could beat anybody. Yeah, you know, I, I, that, that's what we think. Right. Um, I, I think if you ask them uh, and having, you know, watch these guys for, you know, I'm a season ticket holder. So I'm at every single game. I watch every single game at home. I haven't missed a game in years. Um, this group seems so much different than in the past, even last year. And it's essentially the same team as last year. How so um, different in what way? They just, man, they just have a different, they just have a different vibe to them. Uh, I think last year, you know, they knew they were good. But they also knew that they were missing one or two pieces, and okay. uh, they just seemed timid sometimes, which boggles my mind. Because when you have a one hitter quitter, is what I call him, and Nick Felino, you know, he'll he'll go out and knock somebody out and not think twice about it. <clears throat> but it, they, nobody was doing that. Um, this year, it's just it, there's just something different, you know. And everybody wants to keep bringing up Washington last year being down two zero. Um, it's just a different feel. This is just a whole different feel, and and uh, this team it isn't afraid of anybody. Um, certainly looks like that go ahead I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead no no I was just going to say you know whether they play uh, you know know, like you said not to jinx them but they do advance and have to play Boston or Toronto Um, but I I, you're right I think they would feel invincible I don't think they'd ever say that yeah Um, because these guys are all about business now and uh, and they match up well they would match I'm not looking past Tampa Bay but they would match up well with with both of those teams in in, uh, Toronto or Boston because I mean it, it looks like they can play physical and they can score. You know, Matt, uh, I was never a huge Matt Duchesne fan, but he's tied for the playoff lead in points. He scored four points in game two. I've, I've, I haven't wanted him on my team since the rumor came out uh, three or four years ago that he wanted out of Colorado. Um, he just seemed like, uh, not to use the, the, the C word, but he, he, he seemed like a cancer. Uh, you know, he wanted out everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. And it finally happened, and I put my hand, my head, my hands, and I said, "Oh gosh, I don't have to <laughs> like this guy now." <laughs> and uh, I honestly think that if if they can find a way to re-sign him, uh, he may be the next captain of this team once Felino. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't Felino doesn't move on. Hopefully, he's a captain for years. But um, you know, should he move on um, and Duchesne scores or, or signs, I think he'll be. Uh, I, I think he very well could be the next captain. This guy's uh, this guy says all the right things, at least while he's here, anyway. He looks like a good fit there, and I, and I never thought Columbus as a destination for Matt Duchesne, but he looks like he fits in. I mean, he looks, he just has a different look to him. He didn't look that way in Colorado, definitely didn't look that way in, in Ottawa, but there's something that maybe has changed with Matt Duchesne in 
Columbus. And maybe it's different leadership because I think you do have a, a pretty strong group of guys there as far as uh, like, like maturity and, and, you know, leaders. Uh, we use uh, veteran presence here in Philly, and I hate that term because it's used for like the worst players, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you do have a good group of vets, and, and maybe that helps a guy like Matt Duchesne. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's not uh, he's not necessarily leaned on to be a leader, mm-hmm. so to speak. Everybody knows I think he can lead. I mean, he's just got that mentality, and you should hear him after games. I mean, he just knows what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people are pointing back to uh, his, uh, his newborn son, too. Interesting. Uh, you know, just uh, it says to humble him and, and – uh, and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, you're right. He just he has a different feel. I've watched him since he was in Colorado, obviously, and he he just has a different uh, different feel to him. So um, I'm hoping he resigns. I'm not uh, I'm not too confident about that though. Um, I still think he ends up in Nashville personally, but uh, wow. I don't know. We'll see. Nah, I'd like to see him resign over there. He looks he looks like a good fit. Um, what I wanted to touch on uh, in the first two games, especially the second game, it looks like Columbus is playing. Really, really physical. Um, they're not allowing Tampa Bay anywhere near Bobrovsky. Um, he's able to see shots. Um, talk about that a little bit. You know, a lot of people uh, have talked about how, um, you know, obviously the Jackets could be physical with anybody. They can, they can out-hit anybody. Um, but even their coach, John Cooper, said the other day, because um, they brought up something about the physicality and the hits and everything. And I think he said, yeah, there everybody, you know, we're this, this is a physical series, but the hits aren't there. And um, uh, now it was for them on, on the game too, because obviously when you're losing, you guys start throwing around your body a little more. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, we could be, the team could be physical with anybody, especially when you have Anderson, Felino, um, even Dezingle. He's been, he's been throwing his body around there too. Um, but yeah, I think if, if you're right, if they can, if they can just keep, Pushing him into the, you know, pushing him away from Bob and and uh, just putting a body on him whenever they can, um, in a good way, you know, not not putting themselves in a position to uh, give up that, you know, <laughs> that long stretch pass that Tampa loves to do. Um, I think I think this, this it could end well. They seem to be shutting him down, and and it looks like you know, Twitter, and we could talk about Twitter right now. How? How important has he been to this Columbus to this Columbus, um, not just this team, but to the franchise? Uh, you know, we were talking about this the other day. I mean, he completely changed the culture around the organization, period. Um, I've been a fan since day one of 2000 when they first dropped the puck against Chicago at home. And it's just, it's so, it's everything is different. Everything is different. Um, you know, Yarmo and uh, um, John Davidson came in and um, they, they, they put their whole spin on things. And then when they brought in Tortorella, it was just a whole new – it was just a whole new mindset. Um, I think the franchise needed uh, a guy like him who was not afraid to say what's on his mind and not afraid to stand up to leadership and, and ownership and all that stuff and say, you know, I want this, I want that. And for the most part, he's gotten you know, he's gotten his way because, I mean, uh, the Jackets have been one of the three winningest teams in the last three years in, in the NHL, you know, points and wins. So, um, and they made the playoffs for three years in a row. Hey. So there's only only seven teams in the NHL that made the playoffs the last three years in a row, and the Jackets are one of them. So, um, you know, it's a uh, uh, it's it's fun time around here. Everybody loves everybody loves Tortorella. Um, you know, he's uh, I, I I was in the press box three years ago when he, when he first came here, and uh, I had media credentials. And uh, down the locker room after games, he, he was a he was a he, it's a complete culture <laughs> shift between him and, and Todd Richards, the previous coach that was let go. 
just he means he means the world to the fans. I think he means the world to the players too. You can tell they just they just want to play hard for the guy. I mean, he, he looks like he brings out the you know the passion, whether it's good or bad. He brings he brings it out of you. If you're a fan, if you're a player, and I know uh, especially for myself, I can appreciate a coach like that, and and that's who I wish the Flyers had behind the bench was a guy like that. They had somebody in, in Peter Laviolette, but you know they let him go a couple years ago. Uh, you mentioned Todd Richards. He he's actually come up as a coach, potential coaching candidate for the Flyers. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Uh, you know, Todd, uh, Coach Richards is a he's a good he's a good guy. Nah, don't hold you back. Know. Don't hold back. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm convinced. Okay. He's a good guy. When I, I, when I uh, like I said, when I was uh, uh, in the locker room after games and stuff, I mean, he was always more than willing to to talk, you know, to me or, or to whoever else was down there, you know, hanging around. Um, I think he's a little on the nicer side, though. You know, complete opposite spectrum of um, of Tortorella. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you have a guy like Ryan Johansson who's used to being babied and coddled, um, it's not going to work out. And obviously, it, it took about a half a season for for the organization to figure out that they would rather have Tortorella over Ryan Johansson. Um, and then, you know, they look, they got Seth Jones instead, and Seth and and, and uh, uh, Tort seem to love each other. So yeah, I mean, you know, Richards is—I uh, mean, he's a—he's a really good coach, I think. I mean, he's—I uh, mean, he did well in Minnesota when he was there. He did well here for for a couple of years, and then just for whatever reason, he couldn't get all that talent to play together and end up costing him his job. That's interesting. You, you know, you brought up he's a nice guy, and it seems like the Flyers have been hiring a lot of nice guys, and it's kind of how the team's been playing for the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Like they're a bunch of nice guys, and they're just kind of getting their butts whooped every other year. Well, um, it's funny you say that because when I think Flyers, I, I, I honestly, I don't think, um, you know, I've, I'm not old enough to remember, you know, the broad street bullies and all that, but um, I've heard stories from my friends, you know, a couple friends I know that, that came from, from Philly. And um, yeah, but I think, when I think Philadelphia, I, I think Jake Vorchek, <laughs> you know, and I yeah, think, yeah. Uh, and I think thanks for Sergey Bobrovsky. I mean, that that's what we <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's, uh, we don't think that, when you play Philly, you're going to go in and get your butt butts whooped every time. You know, you're not going to get you're not going to get beat up. Right. Um, and unfortunately, that's uh, that's kind of the, the stigma that a lot of the fans have with Philly right now is that uh, they're, they're soft. Just, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I, I mean, I hope that changes. I hope they they bring in somebody that can kind of toughen these guys up because the players are soft and, and not just physically; they're soft mentally. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't want to spend too much time talking about. The Flyers, when we have a team that's up 2-0 on the on the Tampa Bay Lightning over here. Um, having said that, though, there there's some important things coming up in the off season for the for the Blue Jackets. If they don't make a deep run, if they somehow um, you know end up losing a first round series, um, is there any possible way that you could see Tortorella being let go? Uh, I no no way. Okay. I, don't, I don't think they're going to let him go. People have brought it up, um, you know. Yarmo and Kekalainen did everything they could um, at the trade deadline to make sure that this team made the playoffs, and and not just make the playoffs. Yarmo has said it. We we want to go deep. We don't first round a first round win. It's not the goal. That's his famous. Uh, it's what's playing on the radio right now. It's what's on the TV. It's whenever the first round playoff win is not the goal. Um, it's up to the players. Plain and simple. I mean, they they struggled after the trade deadline. They they struggled. They stayed in it though. They struggled. They they let Philly within like two points of them, I think, at one point or three. Um, and then for whatever reason, 
they just all started playing well again. I don't think it's Tortorella. I don't think it's the coaching staff. I don't think it's the ownership. It's all on the. This was all on the players. Um, I and and so we'll see. Uh, I th- I think it. Uh, no, I think Tortorella makes it. I think he's the coach here as long as he wants to be the coach here. Honestly, no, that's good points. Really good points. And I think that's the kind of coach that he is. He he kind of leaves it up to the players because as a coach, you can only do so much. You set up the game plan. You know, you can motivate your guys if if they come in unmotivated. That's on them. If they play. If they play like that, then that's on them. Um, there's only so much you can do as a coach. You're right; it's on the players. Um, getting to the players, so uh, we touched on already. The the Jackets have made a, a ton. It felt like a ton of uh, trade deadline acquisitions. The biggest being Matthew Shane. Um, I think Ryan Dezingle was kind of um, an underrated trade. He's a pretty good player, and then Adam McQuaid. Who I'm not sure if has he been in the lineup. Adam McQuaid. Uh, not since um, not since Shaw from Montreal decided to put an elbow to the side of his head. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't know that because I haven't seen him in games. My guy, like, oh, is he getting scratched? Um, but but talk about the trade deadline acquisitions a little bit because he pretty uh, Yarmo Kukalainen is that how you say his name? Kekalainen. Kekalainen pretty much mortgage he mortgaged the farm for these guys and you know to me it looks like this has got to be the year. Well, you know, he, see, here's the thing. Uh, yes, he did. He did make. I mean, he made some unbelievable moves. Uh, obviously, Duchesne was the big boy. Uh, Ryan Dezingle, like you said, underrated. The guy is. Uh, he spent four years here in Columbus with Ohio State, so all the fans knew him. And it sounded like he didn't mind coming back to Columbus. And um, I think he resigns. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know, and they got uh, Adam McQuaid, who was just. You know, we needed a big bruiser on, on the blue line. Uh, didn't really have that. Don't, don't, we got a lot of scoring punch on the blue line. We got five or six guys that can score, but we didn't have any, we don't have anybody like a McQuaid. And then of course he gets, you know, he gets a pretty dirty hit, I think, um, and he's out with a suspected concussion. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of fans talking about all the picks they lost and all this and all that. But really, I mean, we, uh, the, the 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 future. We have so many guys right now that are in junior or that are overseas. Um, that are they're ready they're ready um they brought over elvis merzlikens uh from liga a couple weeks ago um he's been working with uh, manny legacy the old our, our goaltending coach mm-hmm. getting ready for next season since they're assuming bob is gone obviously um and he's probably going to be he's going to be the guy um you know we got um alexander texier who they they he, he played seven games in the ahl and then they said we can't hold this guy back anymore we got to bring him up and they brought him up for the playoffs. I saw and, that. Uh, and, and he scored a goal against um, um, uh, Otto, I think, last Ottawa. game of the season. I mean, this kid's not afraid to mix it up. Um, they got another guy, um, Vladislav, Vladislav, Vladislav uh, uh, Gavrikov, who was just released from his Russian uh, KHL contract, who should be over here next week. Um, he's a he's a six foot three, six foot four blue liner who's not afraid to to, to pound your head in if he wants. <laughs> Um, so he'll be he'll be here next week. Um, you know, should should the series go any deeper, uh, you know, he'll, he'll he's going to be here and he's probably going to play. So we they, they have a lot of guys that are ready to go, and, and a lot of people are, are are you know those picks. They're worried about those picks, but I mean picks are a long shot, especially when you got guys when you got a whole. I mean, you you probably got five or six guys that are ready to go and play in the NHL, and um, so I don't think it's as bad as everybody thinks. Uh, it's just it's the goalie situation that worries me. We don't. I mean, Elvis is the um, apparently the, the the future of this franchise. Uh, whether or not he's going to be ready next year is, is to be seen. Um, 
you know, so we'll, we'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch, but I don't, I'm not worried about the future at all, honestly. Not really, really, really good points. And, and I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, cause in Philly here, we had a guy like Ron Hextall who, you know, he, he had plans of a six, seven year, uh, kind of retooling, rebuild if you want. He was kind of rebuilding the um, organization from the ground up, starting with prospects and the draft. Um, and, and in Philly, I mean, we're used to playoffs. We're used to playoff hockey every year. Um, so for myself, this is kind of the slowest, um, if not the most apathetic uh, time in my Flyers life, you know, um, where, you know, we have all these cool prospects and all these cool draft picks, but the roster stinks. Or it's not ready yet because they have a, we have a lot of good young talent on the roster, um, but there's such an age gap between guys like Voracek and Giroux who are 29, 30, 31 years old, and then we have all these young kids who some of them still can't drink a beer yet. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's kind of like, well, we have all these picks prospects. What are the chances they all make the roster? I would love to see them do what you guys did in in trading for guys like Duchesne and uh, Dezangle, making making the big moves because. You know, we want to see a Stanley Cup. It's fun to watch the young kids grow, but but we want playoffs and we want a Stanley Cup, you know. Um, so I, I love what you guys did. Um, you know, and, and like what you said, it's not really as bad as it seems because you have all this young talent coming up ready to go. Yeah, I mean, when, when people see that, um, you know, Bobrovsky, who's a multi, you know, Vezina winning, uh, you know, goalie, but... The other night was the first time he hadn't given up three goals in a playoff game his entire career. So, you know, I, as much as I love the guy, um, and I don't want to see him leave. I, I think that uh, I think hopefully playoff Bob is is dead and buried. Um, we'll see. Uh, I'm, you know, he, he a rumor came out the other day that um, the reason why he wanted out of Columbus was because he was being made the scapegoat for the last two seasons, not making it out of the first round. Interesting. Now, I, I don't blame the guy because a lot of the fans are t- were doing that too. Now, internally, I have no idea whether or not they're blaming him or not. But um, still, I mean, you got to be able to score, period. And, you, know, yeah. you know, if the guy gives up three goals, that's five. you got to be able to score at least two or three as yourself. And, and it just wasn't happening. So, um, I, you know, I, I kind of – I don't blame him for, for all the – you know, for him being made a scapegoat and him wanting to leave. Um, but at the same time, he loves it here. And um, – I guess we'll wait. We'll see him in Florida next year, I'm sure. So, so touching on Bobrovsky a little bit there, um, you know, he is an impending UFA. Uh, you guys have a couple of those guys. Um, do any of them re-sign? It sounds like you think the Zingle will re-sign, and you said he went to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, that sounds like a pretty safe bet, and I think that's a, that would be a good re-sign. How about some of the bigger names? You have Panarin, Duchesne, obviously Bobrovsky, uh, McQuaid's on there, Wierenski's an RFA. Yeah, I think all the all the guys, all the young guys. I think they sign. Um, I'm not worried about Warinsky or um, <clears throat> hopefully Dzingel signs. Um, all the guys that are um, already here um, that have been here in the past. I think they all, you know, I think they make them an offer. Uh, now I, Bob, obviously, he, he it sounds like he's got a foot out the door already, so it's fine. Um, Panarin, I <laughs> I still think he's trolling all of us. I, I still think that uh, as much as I I think he he wants to go south, maybe. Um, I don't think he ends up on the East Coast. I don't think he ends. I mean, if if he goes anywhere, I'd rather see it go to L.A. or Anaheim or whatever, and just get out of the Eastern Conference altogether. Yeah. So we don't only really have to play him, you know, what one or two times a year. Um, but um, um, I'm still I'm still holding out hope that uh, he's just trolling us all and uh, <laughs> and, and resigns here somehow. Um, Duchesne, I really 
now that he's been here for a couple months, I, I really hope he does stay. Uh, I mean, he's saying all the right things, so we'll see. They obviously have to say all that at some point, but uh, um, everybody from him down, I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about resign. I think they resign him, and, and we got enough. We got all these young guys coming up too, um, where some of them do leave. Now you're not going. You not. You can't replace. Um, what how many points did uh, Duchesne have this year? Sixty or seventy? You can't replace 150 points, right. obviously. So that's going to be tough. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I you know he's he's broken all. Uh, Panarin's broken all kinds of records. You know in the two years that he's been here, and uh, um, I'm still holding out hope for him. But I think Bob is gone for sure. Wow. Yeah, I could see. I could see Bobrovsky heading south. Uh, I'm I'm kind of interested to see what Panarin does with with now Quenville down there, and you know the old GM in Florida. It almost makes too much sense for me for him to go down. And maybe Bobrovsky follows him. Who knows? But you know, it's definitely uh, an interesting scenario for Columbus in this summer. Um, that's kind of another reason why I would like to see them go a little deeper, just to see what what they can do. And I wonder if a deep playoff run will kind of keep every you know maybe everybody wants to stay now. You know, it's possible. I mean, I, unfortunately, I don't think you can sign Bob Panarin and Duchesne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to. You know, they, I don't think they have the salary cap for that. But, um, you know, and one of the – I guess one of the things that people are keeping in their mind is that if Bob and Panarin do leave, now you have $20 million to spend. So, uh, you know, you can spend a little extra money on Duchesne if you want to keep him here. Um, you know, go out and get a few other guys and then re-sign all the young guys that are RFA. Um, I still think they re-sign Ryan Murray too. Um, you know, he, he had a career year this year, even though he's out with a back injury uh, now. Um, I still think they re- they can resign him. He's probably do a raise. He played unbelievable this year. So um, hey, you could trade think... you could trade for Jake Voracek. <laughs> oh, man, we, we we miss him, man. I was when they held the draft here in Columbus that year. He was drafted. And they drafted him. I, I you know it just it, uh, I was so I was so mad when they let him go. But take him. What's that? I said take him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take whatever you want to send. Nah, he's all right. He. Uh, I used to be a huge Voracek guy, but he he's like inconsistent, man. Like he he's got a, he's got a big body. He's, he's capable of so much more. Like he shows flashes of it, and you're like, damn, why can't you do this every game? It's like, like he'll have one great shift, and you won't see him again for another period and a half. You know? Yeah, we've had some guys like that here for sure. Uh, that seemed to be a common theme a couple of years ago, but uh, hopefully those days are gone. <laughs> and I, I'm wondering if um, if a guy like Tortorella changes that kind of stuff, you know? I mean, he demands. I mean, I, I've went to some of his open practices, and and uh, it's 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 complete different atmosphere than it was when Richards was here. I mean, it's just it's wild. Those guys are gassed, you know, which which is good, you know. Um, but those guys just it, it seems like they 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 want to play for him so so hard. They want to win for him so bad. So hopefully they can get this get something done here soon. Yeah, that's fun to see. And and you you know I got to be honest with you, Columbus was never a team that I I ever really wanted to watch until now and now i have fun watching them i have fun watching them beat up tampa because like i said earlier they can score and they can beat you up a little bit and that that's fun to watch mm-hmm. you know they actually remind me of um uh, of anaheim a couple of years ago you know when you have um uh you know Corey perry and and uh, all those ryan gets and all those guys uh who who could who could get you 80 90 points but also but also could knock you out at the same time and that's what that's what some of these guys remind me of josh anderson uh pierre luc dubois um it's good uh, dubois, 
reminds me of Ryan Getzlaff as much as I hate to say that I can't stand Ryan Getzlaff, but um, <laughs> they, uh, that's who he reminds me of. Just big, physical, can score um, pretty much at will if he wanted to, um, and still beat you up at the same time. So I mean, they got it all. They got they got the defense. They got puck movers. They have guys that can actually play D, which the Flyers, you know, could use. Um, they have the physicality. They can score goals. They, you know, they have the coach. I think they're ready to make a deep run. Tampa looks soft, and you mentioned it earlier. You know, when when um we were talking before the show, uh, you said they've never faced adversity, and you know, coincidentally, that's the first thing that uh, John Cooper said after Game One. You know, we needed to face a little uh, adversity, and dude, you got it. And you know, he said five alarm fire. I mean, you're the best team, uh, one of the best teams in NHL history. You're down two zero, lost two games at home, mind you. Uh, they're in trouble. I mean, tonight's tonight. I think uh, whatever happens tonight determines the rest of the, the series. I think um, uh, they, you know, I'm going to say the same thing tonight that I said last night. You know, be ready for the first 10 minutes for Tampa. Um, obviously, a lineup change, even being a forced lineup change, like with Kucherov being out tonight, um, it could spark them. And hopefully it doesn't. Um, I have no idea who's going in for, for Kucherov but, or who they're playing. But, uh, you know, we just got just to gotta maintain um, – never seen a playoff atmosphere like you've seen in nationwide arena it is insane i've, I've known people that watch playoff games in 20 different arenas and um it's there's nothing like nationwide it's it's insane plus we have our cannon right so uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but there, there's absolutely nothing that place um they're they the, the first goal that we that the jacket score that roof is going to explode off the building and and uh if you have a chance to watch it on TV, do it. I highly recommend it. You, you'll, 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 you'll tell. I'll be you'll watching. Be I'll be watching, no doubt. I'm looking forward to it. I still have you there. Hang on a second. Hang on a second, Jace. All right. Yeah, you froze up again there. Did I miss anything? Uh, nope. I just, uh, I'll be up in my perch chair in uh, section 210 looking down on, uh, on Bob's back and, uh, Hopefully we um, get this done. It's gonna be, it's it's gonna be insane. I, I we I honestly believe that if if the fans if the fans don't let up tonight, we that uh, the, that we as fans can disrupt Tampa's entire game. That's wow. a, that's how that's how insane this atmosphere is gonna be tonight. Um, even last year with Washington, it wasn't like I thought it would be going into going up two zero because um, I think everybody thought we had it in the bag last year, right? Um, but against Pittsburgh in 2014, um, game three was at that game. And, uh, we actually blew six speakers in nationwide arena because we were so loud that they had to keep cranking up the, the music. <laughs> That's um, they, had to, they had to replace six speakers in that place before game four. So we're, we are hoping and praying that we can do that tonight and, uh, <laughs> and come out with a W. I think that might be the episode name, uh, blowing speakers over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty sweet man so i mean we're coming to the end here uh do you have any any plugs you want to get in before we uh put a bow on this one uh yeah is everybody um everybody root for the jackets man oh <laughs> yeah uh yeah everybody uh if, if you don't have a sentimental favorite this year uh by all means uh uh join columbus um you know i know a lot of i know a lot of fans from a lot of teams are uh um, pulling for uh columbus and they, just because Either they don't like Tampa or they, they want to see him. Everybody wants to see Goliath uh, slain, you know. So, um, but, yeah, hopefully uh, we get that done. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter at, uh, uh, at FireTheCannon, uh, but the um, it's spelled F and then a 1, 
um, R E T H E C O N N O N. Um, my, my partner in crime, uh, who helps me uh, with the website, he actually has the original fire the cannon. So I had to change mine up a little bit to use a one, but, uh, um, but, uh, I run both, but yeah. So, uh, at fire the cannon, um, I'm always on there and, uh, I'm always willing to, uh, chat it up with, uh, with everybody. Uh, we have a blast on there for sure. All right. Awesome. And it, we mentioned earlier in the show, fire the Uh, Jason writes for the site. So make sure you guys go over and check out some of his work while you're hopping on the, uh, blue jacket bandwagon this year. And, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap this one up. Jason, thanks a lot for coming on tonight, man. And, and good luck tonight. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate you having me there. And um, go CPJ. Let's get this done tonight. All right, man. It's good talking to you. Uh, talk soon. Okay, thanks, man.